my name's Kaylee Frost. I'm the Head of Clinical Support at Health Assured and you're listening to Peace of Mind. Today I'm joined by Andy. Andy comes from Money and Andy's going to talk to us a little bit today um, about money and what they do and we're going to just talk about financial well-being as a whole, common challenges that we're faced with um, and how Health Assured support with that, what other types of support there are because I don't think people realise that over 20% of our calls to the helpline tend to be about practical issues, not the emotional side of things. So I think it's really important to bring a spotlight onto that. So enough of my waffle. Andy, hi, you okay? I'm good, you? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, now, we can go straight into it. And if you're okay, just tell me a little bit about yourself, yep. money, how it came to be what it is okay. today, which is so exciting, um, and kind of your objectives and goals for me. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've got, I'll start off at the end and then maybe work my way back. Yeah, backwards. sounds but good. We, we have a really ambitious goal and, and mission, and that is to financially empower the nation. Um, the nation. Yeah. I love that. And the nation, absolutely. Why, why start small? Yeah. Um, and this all comes from a, a mixture of lived experiences and a mixture of previous experience that we've done yep. through, through work. Um, so if I go right back now to when I was sort of 16, 17, um, I'd, I'd started work quite early. I'd skipped sort of college and uni, gone straight into a, a company in Manchester working at a finance company. And one of the owners there was sort of a bit of a mentor of mine, if you like, I still know him today. And he said, you've got to buy a house. You've got to buy a house. The market's crazy. It was 2002. So that shows my age a little bit. <laughs> I'm And... <laughs> I went and bought a house. So at 18, I moved into a home and I went from having one direct debit. So you bought a house at 18? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I know, I know. It was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, I had a direct debit for my moped insurance. <laughs> I had a moped as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> the best way of traveling. About five pounds a month insurance. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but then literally a month later, I had 13 direct debits. I had this gas bills, council tax. I had all these things coming in and nobody had prepared me for, for any of that. Yeah. Um, if I think about my moped, I went through a CBT license process yeah, yeah. before I was given it. Yeah. Whereas I could get a mortgage without anyone sitting down and talking to me. And I think that's one of our key messages really is that you can do lots of things once you've had lessons and pass a test. Yeah. Whereas with finance and money, there's none of that. You're just given a credit card, yeah. a mortgage, you're just allowed to crack on, you know, and I think if there was no driving lessons or CBT, there'd be a lot more crashes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that's what we're experiencing when we look at recessions, cost of living crisis, all those things are all caused because of a lack of education, a lack of financial literacy, ultimately. That's a really good way of putting yeah. it. And um, I think, you know, we, we've been talking, so for, for the listeners, the viewers, you, we've um, started collaborating with Money yeah. for, for a little while now. And little tidbit, Andy and I know each other vicariously from a, a past life and our previous careers before I moved to Health Assured. Um, so I had that understanding there about what lack of financial education can do. We worked in the debt management industry. Yeah. Um, we saw the damage that that did mm -hmm. um, from a practical perspective, people losing everything, but we we got an insight into the the emotional side that that, that had mm -hmm. on individuals. I see it more from the emotional side now mm -hmm. in, in my work at Health Assured. But the common theme here, and this is for my 10 plus years of exposure to the financial side of things, is the lack of awareness, the lack of understanding. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience myself, I remember turning 18 and my 
you know, parents, the the older people, you know, the senior people in my family never told me what to do. They never told me not to get an overdraft, not to get store cards. That was mm-hmm. probably one of the, the biggest ones. And all of a sudden, you know, I was getting given money left, right and center. Yep. In that summer, it was that summer before I went to university. I'd just turned 18, then went to university and I'd probably had about 5,000 already yeah. in unsecured debt. And I didn't know I had to make monthly payments to any of it. Absolutely. Apart from my phone, I knew my phone contract I had to pay. And then all of a sudden I was going to university and I was getting, you know, my mum calling me going, Katie, there's all these letters that are coming to the house. Mm-hmm. What's happening? And I was like, oh, covered head to toe in like new look and Dorothy Perkins clothes. <laughs> like, yeah, all, all, yeah. All, all these free things that I got. Um you know, very bills and all those kind of things Absolutely. from the catalogs and stuff. I had no idea because no one told me anything. And as soon as you turn 18, that's it. It was, you know, a free for all. Yeah. And that I, I think for me is still, I'm still paying the price, excuse the pun, for that in yeah. my 30s of having to recoup and recover. Because again, still after university, going into grown up life, mm-hmm. um, still didn't have a proper awareness of, you know, how to use credit cards a- yeah. appropriately, um, if at all, you know. Um, so, and that's just myself and I find myself quite fortunate, stable work and, um, you know, good social network, good support network in general. But I think I f- fall probably in the the run of the mill of you know millennials I guess my age you know people in their 30s still kind of like we weren't taught any of this and we're still paying the price now and and that's where it all started really we we you know obviously I had that lived experience at 18 of kind of jumping in the deep end and going wow what are these things and having to learn what council tax was was yeah why why am I paying for for these things I didn't really understand it then went to work for a finance company where we we both spent some time um, and there worked across the mortgage part, because my qualifications to be a mortgage advisor, worked within the insurance part, the banking, debt advice, insolvency, and saw every single type of scenario. Yeah, and yeah. the scenarios that we came across just showed this huge lack of, of understanding, of awareness, as you've said, and of knowledge, you know, just yeah. real basic stuff like a payslip, you know, and, and the yeah. things that are on payslips. What's tax code? How is that? relevant to what I get paid, you know, tax, NI, what's NI, where does that go? What does that fund? Um, And there's just nobody talking about that type of thing at at the right age. I think that's the key thing is at the right age. Because once you're in the working world and you've had these things thrust upon you, you need to get a car, you need to find the rental property or buy somewhere. You're in, you're in the mix then and and you can't see the wood from the tree sometimes. So, you know, it's getting people at the right age and giving them the right education. And that's why in 2011, uh, I launched a business called Smart Lolly. Yeah. Um, and that was going into schools, teaching kids about money and debt and financial awareness. And it was incredible. Probably probably the happiest work I ever did because oh, the job satisfaction was yeah. just through the roof. Um, you know, talking to sort of 14, 15, 16 year olds about what a credit card is, how it works. Yeah. And showing them how those things work, talking about needs and wants and how to budget and it was just incredible and it's a shame that I think it was two or three years in a lot of the schools budgets changed things got a bit tighter yeah the curriculum I think they added um, budgeting into maths which meant that our booking started to wane a little bit so we had to kind of revert to other things go back into the financial service world uh, in 2014 but it's been a burning desire really to get back into financial education and, yeah. and trying to teach people about some of the basics some of the fundamentals um 
a lot of the things that we talk about in the webinars that we're now doing together, a lot of them is just stuff that you should know, really. You know, what are the insurances? What what are they? Yeah. What do they cover me for? You know, how does a variable rate compare to a fixed rate on a mortgage? And all those types of things that we just take for granted that people know. And I bet and they in, don't. Those, in those sessions as well, sorry, and people are like, furiously yeah, yeah, scribbling yeah. down because you, you say, you know, the things that we should know, but I bet the majority of the people attending mm -hmm. those sessions or the majority of the people listening in this room, whoever do not know those things. I don't, I don't no. know all those things either. Absolutely. And then, you know, one of the things that tends to get the most interest and peaks the most interest is credit report and credit rating because yeah, yeah. it's this mysterious thing that everyone has mm -hmm. and no one really knows how to control it. I think technology the last 10 years have made it much easier to keep on top and have a look at what it is. But if you don't have that access then knowing what's affecting you getting a mortgage or getting that car finance or getting a loan yeah. and knowing how to impact it, that, that's crucial. So we, we have a session just about credit rating and, and borrowing. Um, and, and that tends to have a lot of people kind of really intrigued. Yeah. As to, well, how does this work? You know, how, what am I being rated upon? Well, it is, it's mad that, you, that a whole session is dedicated to credit reports. You know, people... That there is this is how this is how much of a lack of education and understanding across the whole financial spectrum is is that that there does need and i bet you could keep doing that session on repeat for some mm -hmm. of those delegates that attend them because they're still going to have different questions each time and different thoughts and then yep. they've gone back to check theirs and they want to come back and just double check something in the session i bet yeah and, and our services are having to kind of evolve as, as you know we're fairly new as a, as a business um but our services already we're starting to see that people want one-to-one -one money coaching yeah. people want to see some pre-recorded bite-sized workshops yeah. as well as the normal kind of webinars so you know we're having to accelerate our plans quite a yeah. bit to make sure we keep up with the demand which is which is a great place to yeah be. yeah it is with with money then so let's talk a little bit about money and who you've got in the the ranks yeah. of money you know yeah. what is it what makes up your team of financial experts okay so we've got money group which is kind of the overarching business yeah and, and that's where everything is held in terms of like trademarks the certifications because we have cpd memberships so that yeah. everything we do is is cpd certified um all the regulatory stuff is held in the group yeah. and then we have different businesses within that group that deliver our work to various audiences so uh, money partnerships is the entity that works with all our corporate partners works yeah. with yourself yeah. um, and we have five people in there that are all qualified advisors in their discipline so debt advice insurance uh, and ifa and then mortgages yeah. um, so we have people there that are qualified experienced and business owners in their own right um, and and the main thing they've got is the right personality you know, the right yeah, characters yeah, yeah. To, to work together so they're the people that deliver the workshops. And, and as we grow that team, it's going to be those things I've just mentioned that I'm looking for. So the right kind of character, the right qualifications yeah. to be able to deliver the important information in the right the right way. Um, it's got to be relatable. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you can't have someone sort of talking at people. It has to be about relating and, and really putting it into simple terms. Uh, we then got um, Money Tech, which is really exciting. And I know we've talked briefly yeah, about it and I'm yeah. trying to sort of keep it under wraps, but... Uh, we're developing um, an AI money coach, which which we think will be a world first, maybe. We'll see. It's quite, quite dramatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we've got five tech guys that are absolute geniuses. I've never felt so stupid in all my life, sat in a room <laughs> with those five. Um, and they're developing a, a, a sort of a product that can be plugged into an app. It can be plugged into a website. 
And essentially somebody can have a conversation with it and receive money advice, money coaching, money guidance. Um, some of the uses we've got for that are already that it can draft letters for you to talk to your creditors. Um, so you tell tell it what you want to say, you yeah. tell it why you want to say it, who you want to say it to, and it will produce, produce a letter for you that you can either download or just copy and paste into an email. Um, and, and it will bring together all the FCA's structuring customers fairly, rules and regulations, it'll bring in consumer duty. So it's a real robust letter. Because another another part of what we do is about building confidence. And, yeah. and that's why yeah. empowering is in our mission statement. Because ultimately, it's a lack of confidence that hold people back. Um, quite a lot of the time in the workshops, we find people are avoiding dealing with situations. They're avoiding reading bills. They're avoiding yeah. opening post. Um, they've got letters and drawer that they just sort of shove away. And while it's not on, on site, yeah. they're not worried about it. And we're trying to create a situation where they feel more confident to to open that post, yeah. read that bill, and then deal with it. And that's really what our aim is. Fantastic. <laughs> I was like captivated. Oh, my God. Um, okay, right. So we touched on the teams. We've got the tech side. And also on the tech side, when you said you felt like the smart, uh, the, the, the the dumbest. Yes. Uh, the stupidest That's person. That's fair. But as a good business founder, you've got to hire the smartest people to do those bits. You've absolutely, absolutely done the right. I think yeah. I learned that on Dragon's Den. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but um, absolutely amazing work. And it's just so inspiring that... Um, you know, the more I've spoken with you over the past few months, um, and the team at money as well, the more I'm like, Oh God, there's so much that we haven't thought of, um, you know, and, and, and collaborating with yourselves is one of the best things that we've done to, to open up that because we know, you know, emotional support is forever going to be the crux of, you know, Mm -hmm. EAP, student assistance, individual assistance programs. I get that. That's, predominantly how it's going to be used but we're seeing more and more of that combined with financial concerns um things as well like ocd Mm -hmm. bereavements Mm -hmm. all these other emotional and mental health disorders are linking in with issues to do with finance or issues that could arise because of finance or could cause financial issues as well but what we're seeing time and time again is that the same with mental health this is all come or tends to be a a result of not being taught the right mechanisms when you're younger yeah and you know I talk a lot about supporting young people from an emotional perspective building them resilience Mm -hmm. um and then coping mechanisms and you're not taught that I mean I imagine you and I I definitely wasn't taught anything like that at school um so we're kind of the adults are paying the price of not giving, being given that education now. And I think it's the same. Yeah, agree. And I think there's also, you mentioned some milestones there. You you have positive milestones that then require some financial action. And then you have negative, you know, if you think about the negative ones, things like divorce, you know, a death in the family, you know, if it's, for example, the key breadwinner, that that can cause a little bit of chaos. Um, So you've got those kind of negative milestones or negative events, which you then have to react and start to put things in place. Then you've got things like weddings, which are very, very oh, expensive yeah, for yeah, those yeah. that aren't already married. <laughs> um, children, buying a house, buying a car, you know, and yeah. all these things, all those milestones and events, they they require financial action. And if yeah. you've not got the confidence or the awareness, you can't take the action or, yeah. you, or you take the wrong action. And, you know, that's where we, we spoke earlier kind of off camera and we talked about the fact that we want to educate people about money and about finance from from the good and, and being able to invest wisely 
right the way through to getting out of an insolvency situation, for yeah, example. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's real positive things that we do, but there's also negative situations that we have to help people get out of and, and be more yeah. be, be resilient, you know, and dealing with. I think that's always going to be the, uh, again, we were saying kind of off camera as well, that kind of the aim what we want to do as well is put ourselves out of business in the future because <laughs> we want to you know make sure people are financially empowered emotionally empowered so that they don't have to use services like ours in the future but realistically there is always going to be a need for that from a reactive piece yep. um, and you could make all the best decisions and put all the right mechanisms practical and emotional in place mm -hmm life is life and rubbish things happen yep. so people are always going to need that thing to back because sometimes in crisis as well you can't think logically mm -hmm. whether that's for a financial issue it could be practical or illegal or emotional issue you can't think logically so all our services are always going to be needed mm -hmm. so it might shift you know at the moment it's that um, I feel like both of us in our respective roles, we're kind of still being in a reactive provision yeah. predominantly. And what we want to do is start chipping away and being preventative yeah. um, and doing that education piece. And I think that will shift over time where the reactive part will be a smaller proportion of our service. Agree, usage. agree. I mean, when you mentioned before about how is how is money structured, you know, so we have the money partnerships, we have money tech, we've then got Money Skills Academy, which is working with local councils and learning providers to utilize Multiply. It's a government fund that's been launched to help with numeracy and maths confidence. So we're, we're working on that as well. And those businesses really they fund the money foundation and the yes. money foundation we go into schools and we teach kids about about money now previously that was our our core yeah we realized that's not really the most stable way to be a business yeah. in financial yeah. well-being yeah. so what we now have is that those three companies they fund the money foundation we're able to do it in schools for for free yeah. um, and try and sort of not put any more financial burden on what's already a tight budget for most schools um so that's that's just amazing what's the so you've done some work with young people, obviously, yes. already. What's the youngest that you work with? Six. Six? Yeah, yeah. Do they Six. know what money actually, your currency still So we, we, we tend to start off with what money actually is. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And the fact that when, when you're a kid, before you even know about money, you're, you're swapping. And, and that's, a, yeah, that's yeah. a form of transaction. Um, and then we say that what happens is rather than swapping a yellow pen for a red pen, there'll be a pound and you might swap the pen for a pound. And we, we start talking about the use of money, where it came from. We've got a picture of the first ever coin, which is a silver coin with a turtle embossed on it. So we've got a picture. Three thousand years ago, the first ever coin was produced. Um, so we go right into kind of the where's it from, the history of it, um, and then we talk about the fact that you've got needs and wants, and we ask the kids to put together lists of all these things and which ones are needs and which ones are wants. That's usually quite a fun, a fun part of the session. Um, Need. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We have ice cream and toys yeah. <laughs> and then water and food over here somewhere. In, in the, oh, I might need that at some point. Um, so we talk about that and then we try and do a bit of numeracy, a bit, a bit of maths confidence, number confidence. You know, if you've got a hundred of these yeah. and that costs 40, that costs 50, that costs 20. How does that, how do you structure that? What do you buy? Yeah. What don't you buy? And trying to get them to, to budget and, and understand. And then um, the link between work and, and money. I think that's really important. Yeah, and I think that's, when I think back, one of the things that I remember it so distinctly, and, and it's when I was um, eight or nine years old, my parents, we, we put together a, a chore book. So 
in in the book you opened it up and on this front cover was a list of load of jobs and next to it how much I get paid for them. Oh, nice. So it sort of said washing up 50p, drying up 50p, putting away 50p. I don't think you do that anymore. You know, you've got dishwashers <laughs> yeah. that do a lot of that stuff. And then it was like vacuuming downstairs, two pounds. Ooh, a big ticket item. Yeah. So, you know, and then on the other pages, you'd have the dates and I'd write on what I'd done. And it was almost like a little timesheet and I'd yeah. get paid in the week for the jobs that I'd done. So, you know, from an early age, I was really I was trained that yeah. you work and you get paid and and that's been my work ethic from from that age really so I'm trying to do the same thing with my kids it's a bit different I, I was going to ask about yeah no it's not it's not as easy um but the, you know there are, there are there are apps out there there's things that you can do that really just try and join the dots up to say yeah. listen money is a result of of input if you do something you get more of it and you yeah. do more of that you get more of it and and then what it allows you to do, it gives you that freedom to to do things and, and be in control. Um, and going off tangent a little bit, we were talking it's before. Yeah, well. we were talking before about, uh, I'm working with a company that do a lot about um, time management and, and life coaching. And one of the things that we're working on is a webinar to do with time and money, money and time, and, and how those two things kind of uh, interact and how people think that, well, to, to be happy and to have more time, I need to have money. But to get the money, they have less time because they're in work all the time. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it's figuring Connecting out all those, yeah, yeah. How, how do you make the most of it? How do you get the right balance ultimately? Yeah. Um, and what is it that you're trying to achieve? Which is the trickiest thing, I think, you know, you think, well, I think, again, I just, it's easier for me to bring my personal experience there because you think you've got it all sorted, but you just kind of, you know, like keeping yourself above water you know I'm working all these hours you know we've got you know a roof over our head we can go on these holidays and stuff and then you're like but in the back of my mind I'm like I also need to put money aside for this and I also Mm -hmm. need to think about this and that and this and that and then all of a sudden it's a jumble and then you just put it to one side no agree that another day and and the stats aren't great you know um 80% of UK adults have got less than 500 pounds savings according to the stats yeah I mean that's that's quite frightening if yeah, you think about yeah. that financial resilience. You know, if they were to lose a job, if the current economy keeps going the way it is, because I don't think we can hide from the fact that we're in a bit of a bit of a mess from an economic yeah. perspective. So if bills keep going up, if interest rates keep going up, you know, that savings pot just diminishes and gives them less resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a report about a race to the breadline and people have got 17 days worth of buffer. That's it. 17 so 17 days worth of if i lose my job how long can i survive for 17 days oh my god yeah so there's you know there's if you are in a position where you can go on holiday you can enjoy nights out you are yeah. in the minority you know and, and, yeah. and it's, a, it's a good place to be for those individuals but ultimately 80 percent of the country are in a much more different position and and it is difficult and, it, and it's out of their control a lot of the time because it is just the fact that things now cost four or five times what yeah. they used to yeah and, and how you budget for that Gosh, that's really frightening. That mm. is, isn't it? Putting it into perspective like that. Uh, so I think, you know, from um, you, you, how kind of we work together as well, I think, I mean, I could sit and talk about this all day. Uh, it's so, I it's such an under appreciated and utilized part of Health Assured, I think from a practical and legal and financial wellbeing perspective that us collaborating now we're moving into that space of bringing awareness to the financial um side of things so um for anyone that is listening or watching you all probably know that we have legal and financial well-being advisors they are all trained qualified legal practitioners um legal graduates um some of them training for their lpc now that team 
support with all of the practical side of things. Now, there are some elements that kind of go above and beyond their remit. So they're not going to go to court with you, for example, if you're going for a divorce or a custody mm -hmm. battle or something like that. But they will prepare you. They will signpost. They will um, help with, you know, prepping whatever needs prepping. But the part that, so laws, as we know, kind of stay in place for a very long time. So there's very little movement and kind of changes in the general practice of law. Uh, I mean, there's still laws in place that are hundreds of years old and yep. they just have not changed. Um, but from a financial perspective, there are a lot of moving parts. Um, and it's one of the things that I was very worried about. Um, and it kind of escalated quite quickly with the cost of living mm -hmm. coming into play. Uh, we saw it with the rise in yep. the energy uh prices as well and I thought oh my goodness the legal team they can tell you anything about buying a house you know the legal requirements mm -hmm. but what other you know they can't advise on what to look out for interest rates yeah. and all of this that and, and budgeting everything that comes with buying a house they can help you sign on the dotted line what to look out for in the contracts and mm -hmm. things absolutely um so one of the things that we've started doing is we're working on that cpd piece so yeah. money will be supporting our legal team which is amazing and we've looked at where the team think their gaps are so that when callers call in, they're getting more of a, a holistic approach to things, yeah. but also what will be available if it's more specific um, can be those requests for one-to-one -one coaching yeah. about their specific financial situation. Um, the legal team will give very high level, but the, the coaches through money, that's going to be available on an ad hoc basis as well. But one of the most important things are those sessions. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, there's probably clients that, that you know that are listening that have used our financial well-being webinar. We had a very broad brush, really broad brush mm -hmm. financial well-being webinar. Y you looked at it. I went through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you went through it. Yeah. Really focusing on emotional yeah. side of things. So, say a little bit about what we, you know, what we. I yeah. say we, you guys, you did no. it. You, you helped us massively. Well, we, we sat and went through it, and and there was some huge stuff in there about emotion and about. Um, you're interacting with money and how money makes you feel, yeah. how not having it makes you feel. Um, and and that was obviously really useful. And and for a lot of people that attended it, I'm sure they got a lot from it, but there was a, a lack of sort of practical application. Um, you know, leaving the room, you would know about your feelings, understand them more, but wouldn't necessarily be able to do anything different, yeah. if that made sense. Yeah. So we built the, the library of webinars for you, which starts off with a financial empowerment one. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that we've got quite a few bookings for already, which is yeah, good. Yeah. So we we deliver that and it talks about everything from earning money, saving it, spending it, being in debt with it and options that you have there, planning for the future, insuring it, your credit report. It sort of, it talks about each of those things and some practical tips, hints, do's, don'ts, things to look out for. And then we've got seven other webinars that drill in a bit deeper to each of the key areas. So yeah. things like insurance, things like mortgages, things like credit report, debt solutions, um, staying safe online. We've got one called CyberSafe, which is about managing your money on your, your online apps, you know, avoiding being scammed and these phishing attacks that people get. Yeah. Or phishing, yeah. if I say it right, <laughs> people get caught out with. And then we've got one which actually is is so relevant right now and I think it's really useful called cost of living crisis so it sounds yeah. quite negative mm -hmm. but ultimately the webinar is about increasing people's understanding of why we are where we are yeah I think that's quite important yeah yeah um we tend to when we do the, the webinars or workshops if they get interactive we tend to find there's quite polarized and political views about why we are where we are sometimes yes. 
Um, depends on which side of the fence they're on and, and their strong opinions. You know? That as well, that lack of understanding, that lack of context, mm. it creates so much anxiety in people yeah. as well. That uncertainty and um, the fear of the unknown because they don't have the facts and there's just all this stuff swarming around and everyone's just, God, it's a living crisis. Yeah. That's all that is thrown at everyone and pushed down everyone's throat. Sometimes when you're just told the facts, you, you, you're given the story, yeah. uh, the true story, yeah. uh, and the facts of how we ended up that, can settle a lot of people's it absolutely does worry, you know we, yeah. we we built this workshop particularly because we were finding these really strong opinions and we're yeah. thinking well that's not strictly true and, and neither is that's kind of a mixture of the two yeah yeah but to get that across in a webinar was really difficult so this this workshop or webinar is called uh cost of living crisis and it goes through a timeline of the last sort of 10 years and it talks about brexit it talks about the war in ukraine it talks about energy crisis it talks about the cost of living crisis yeah. inflation and it's almost like a mini economics class yeah. ultimately they'll be um, using that in a level history in yeah a years time. i know <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> when you when you leave the room after being in that webinar you're you're just much more aware of the yeah. context as to why we are in this position and and you're a little bit less i guess less angry yeah. about yeah, certain yeah, yeah. things that the press have directed you to because there's lots yeah. of headlines and lots of narratives that are pushed um, so we find that that webinar so useful to allow people to have more informed conversations, feel a little bit more comforted by it, because ultimately a lot of what has happened is out of their control. Yeah. You know, it's it's not them making bad decisions. It's just, here's eight huge global things that have happened, COVID. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, yeah. here's eight things that have happened that have meant that things are tough. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're not feeling very positive about it, that these are the reasons why. So you can feel more comfort that, it's not just me. I've, I haven't just done this. Everybody in the country is feeling the pinch in yeah. some way. So, yeah. With that as well, there's that. Um, I think it's it's almost like everyone needs to have go to this session because yeah. there's so much situational, what, what I refer to as situational and temporary anxiety mm -hmm. that gets very heightened. It happened, you know, you know that, that day in March 2020 where everyone was like, right, pack up. Everyone needs to isolate for three weeks. Mm -hmm. See you in three weeks, guys. But everyone was moving, doing that transition home. Uh, everything just spiked up and, it, yeah. and we saw the rising calls go up. Um, it happened with the the, the conflict in, in Ukraine. Yeah. It happened when... Uh, Queen Elizabeth passed yeah. these things and they spike up and that's very situational and it heightens um and but what has always what's been there for the last 12 to 18 months is this narrative across yeah. the living crisis yeah. and it's because it's not going away it's not something that just peaked like the the passing of the queen for example mm -hmm. and then it all kind mm -hmm. of died died down a little bit this is just constant every few months there's something else bank of england has yeah. put the interest rates up don't be getting a mortgage now because you'll be paying three grand a month in payments and what you know cap no more caps on this and that i think it's just not going away so i feel like everyone needs to yeah it's to just, go it's, to this session it's just feeling a little bit more reassured yeah you know, a little bit yeah. more centered you know and a bit less yeah. emotional about it because yeah you know, there's only certain things you can control. You know, you can control what you learn. You can control how you respond and react to situations. You can't control if there's a conflict in another country. You can't control a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I think it is about being a little bit more centered and a little bit more composed about the decisions that people make financially. Yeah. And that's where the empowerment comes in. It's, it's being confident to, to handle it without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling stressed. Yeah. But again, the stats aren't great. You know, I was reading on the way down this morning that 
60% of employees feel financial stress in the UK currently, over half. Yeah. So if you employ 100 people, there's 60 people sat in your office or sat in your workforce that are feeling some level of financial anxiety. Some of those will range from, oh, I'm a little bit skint this month, right the way yeah. through to, I'm in insolvency and, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to lose my house or bankruptcy. So I think it is about employers being really aware of the fact that they, they are the stats yes. you know, and, and they are facts. These are, these have been yeah. researched and um, another one just to, I did a bit of research. One of you yeah, the research I love that I've it, done yeah. is uh, 27% of people passed a financial literacy test that was ran. 27. 27, that's it. This was adults <laughs> in the UK. So, it's embarrassing. So one in adults. four, yeah, one in four adults passed a financial literacy test, um, which means that there is a gap. There is a gap, yeah. you know, and, and and these things aren't coincidences. If we don't train people how to use something and then we give it to them, they're going to use it wrong. Yeah. And I think that's just, we're trying, to, we're trying to bridge that gap ultimately. And there's a whole generation of people that is too late for from a education perspective in schools. Yeah. So now it's about doing it through, through employers and doing yeah. it through organizations. Yeah. But then there's that whole work within schools to try and prevent the numbers of people coming through that, that don't know what to do with an overdraft or don't know what yeah. to do with a credit card. Um, and it's usually those simple those simple things that trigger an, an, a snowball effect. Um, I'm sure we, we both worked in a, a debt advice industry previously and most calls that I took, most people that I spoke to, it all started with an overdraft. Yeah. You know, it yeah. all started when they were 18, 19. Yeah. They got two grand overdraft. Yeah. And 10 years later, they're in 30K worth of debt. Yeah. You know, and that's where it all started from. So... You know, if we can kind of get it before that point, amazing. It's not easy. And that's why we have to do what we're doing through our partnerships, like, yeah. like with yourselves. Absolutely agree. Just very quickly on the employer bit, something that I think is really important to mention is that, so when I started with Health Assured nearly six years ago, the whole message was reduce the stigma of mental health in the workplace. Mm. That was like the whole you know, even when we interview people, why do you want to work for health assured? Because I want to help reduce the stigma of mental health in the workplace. And it was all, and when we spoke with clients, that was their kind of aim and, and mission. And now, you know, people are very comfortable talking about mental health. You mm -hmm. know, we've gone through so many kind of social yeah. movements. There is still that taboo of money Absolutely. and worry about being skin and, you know, borrowing money and, yep. you know, the, the shame of maybe having to ask for a uh, wage advance and and those types of things that's i think and not that's a tackle like 100%. a bit needs tackle and there's two for me there's two real big things there the first one is just the taboo of talking about it yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and generations older than us um, i think about my parents for a moment yeah. you know money's just not on the table for discussion yeah you know it's just not something we talk about yeah never have done probably never will do and, yeah. it, and i think it's the same for most families i think it's just the minute you raise that topic, it's like, oh, we're not talking about that. Yeah. That's, that's not something we're talking about. And I think if we don't talk about it, we can never really get control of it. So I think yeah. that's really important. And then the other side of it actually is a, is a whole other kind of worms, which is about social pressure. And I think that, you know, back when we were younger, mm -hmm. and, you know, in the olden days, if we <laughs> call it that for a minute, there was no social media, which meant that social pressure was your friends group, your, your peer group, your school group. What bag have they got? What shoes have they got? Yeah. I remember mithering and I think crying maybe embarrassingly <laughs> for a pair of kickers at one point <laughs> um sort of pulling at the coattails of my mum and dad saying I need these everyone else has got them so you know social pressure when we were younger was a bit more simple yeah and it was just there yeah nowadays social pressure is a whole other level yeah. um, and I know I've seen quite a lot of stuff around uh, mental health around um 
I think there's a Dove campaign at the moment yeah. um, about social media of yeah. creating eating disorders, creating yeah. sort of people not liking the way they look. It's the same actually when you think about money and expenditure and, and people putting on Instagram a picture of them being in Dubai or a Ibiza yeah, or a new yeah, yeah. car or whatever it might be. And then suddenly people look at that and go, I, I need that. Why am I not doing that? And, you know, and that, that social pressure starts to creep in and that creates the wrong behaviors then because people yeah. spend money to look like they've got it, but they haven't got it. And yeah. that cycle then starts to happen. And we keeping up with the Joneses was an old phrase that was used. And we used to see that a lot when we speak to clients that, you know, it was, oh, well, my neighbor got a new car, so I got a new car. But yeah. the social pressure now is a lot more subtle and a lot more relentless because it's, yeah. it's on your phone constantly. It's, um, it's a whole other, that's a whole other danger there. You mm -hmm. know, there is, there's just, and I'll probably end up talking about it in all the other recordings that <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do with yeah. podcasts and I've touched on it, you know, just from things like self-esteem, mm -hmm. uh, body image, all those types of things, always touch on it, always goes back to social yeah. media. The instant gratification that you have, the yeah. instantaneous, um, you always get like dopamine hits as well. So, I mean, I do stuff, um, the amount of money I spent on TikTok shop. You know, from that because it will come up shop here now and I'll yeah. go through because I've literally been sucked into buying apple cider gummies because everyone else, you know, has them and these viral TikTok pants and the you know, things yeah, and, or water bottles. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, Oh my god, I've spent seventy pounds on yeah. on yeah. crap, basically, mm -hmm. because everyone else has got it. And if I don't get it, then I'm not gonna be like them and, and it's and it's terrifying. And that's me and I've got I think quite good self control and discipline and yeah. and what have you, but that's just going into whole yeah other... absolutely and, and i think that's where you you have to start those behaviors and those disciplines as early as possible ultimately yeah um you know you have to start it when when they're at school age talking yeah. about social pressure and not being not buying into it and that yeah. whole emotion of it doesn't matter they, they've got that and i've got this so what yeah you know and, and having that kind of comfort within themselves um but yeah a lot of adults that i know a lot of a lot of people that i, I socialize with Instantly, and I'm, I'm the same. Sometimes I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Where did they get that from? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I sort of start looking at it, and that social pressure is so such a real issue. And, yeah. and if if budgets are as tight as the stats say they are, then the disposable income people have got doesn't really support the lifestyle that they're trying to no. trying to lead. And I don't think that sometimes influencers, for example, can uh. can really. And I know it's one of those topics, yeah. but it can really present. I'm obsessed with them, but the I hate them. <laughs> yeah, oh. it can present the wrong image. It can present yeah. an image of eating out all the time. Yeah, you know, eating yeah, out is yeah. so expensive. And, yeah. and yes, it's great for the economy. It's great for the restaurant, and it might be really nice food. But have you got a hundred pounds spare to spend on one meal? Yeah. And, and if not, let's make a different choice. Yeah. And not feeling pressurized to go and tag yourself in at the restaurant and take a picture of your food. You know, which is what yeah. a lot of people feel pressurized to picture. do. Yes, yeah. a very expensive picture. So. You know, I think one of the things that we're working towards now is developing a workshop around social pressure. That would and, be, and, yeah, amazing. And just around, it, it's it's a tricky one because we all fall for it one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know, brands, for example, exist because of social pressure. To have a brand with a, a label on it yeah. or a, an icon on your on your t-shirt. So, so if you want uh, a trial audience for that, <laughs> for that session, yeah. I'm, doing, <laughs> no. I'm your gal. No, but, no, but it, that is, I mean, there's so the more we're talking about it now the more i'm like you've got a big job on your hands here. yeah you know yeah. money you money you know the the all, all all of you you know they're doing what you're doing um yet you've got you know we can help 
um, you know, almost siphon more people into your, you know, to tap into your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And and we absolutely will because we will use the resource that we trust and yeah. use the resource that we believe in because these people need help. But the more you start to unpick, it's like a rabbit warren yeah. of avenues and routes that you've got to go down to start tackling yeah. all these different issues. And you've almost got to turn yourself, it already sounds like you have done this in a way, is into you know mini psychologists as well and get into people's yeah because the, the, the connection between your spending and your your thought process and how you feel you know and they talk about there's some studies into bipolar for example and and when people are hitting those highs and lows yeah. it triggers spending yeah the dopamine hit to, from to make that them feel yeah better because they don't feel yeah. great or because they feel great they want to spend you know yeah and there's lots of studies that have been done into it and i'm not an expert in it so i won't i won't go into it in too much detail but you know we do have to look at the link between emotion and thought and the way people feel and then what they spend and how they choose to spend their money. But, you know, we're starting off with the fundamentals we believe, which are awareness and understanding yeah. of everyday products that we all have to buy and use or everyday services, you know, mortgages, for example, rent, insurances, savings accounts, investments. And from there, we can build on that with more advanced more advanced webinars, more advanced workshops. We've mm -hmm. got one called Digital Currencies that we're developing now. It's got Bitcoin and crypto oh, gosh, stuck yeah. in there because we've brought a guy in who is, is definitely an expert in it, passionate expert in it. And it's interesting because he sort of started to quiz us and we're, we're all financial regulation experts yeah, and, yeah, and that yeah. type of stuff. And none of us knew anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you oh, know? really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was sort of, what's the difference between Bitcoin, Bitcoin and crypto? And we're like, don't know. It's, is there a difference? There is a difference, yeah. I thought it was the same thing. I thought it was the same thing, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> so, right, okay. So when that one's ready, I'll let you know. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> so there's lots of things that we can move into, but they're more, they're like level two almost. Yeah. You know, level yeah. one is the fundamentals of your payslip, your current account, your overdraft, your credit yeah. card, your loans, the things that we all interact with and that we all encounter and, and include utility bills and the things that you get through the post. Yeah. I'm getting lost in in all the different <laughs> things that we can talk about. Yeah. And but I think what will on that note, I think just I'm gonna put a reminder out there to anyone that's listening, anyone that's watching. Um, you know, if you have health assured available and you don't know where to start with any of any of this in terms of finances, how you're feeling, you're feeling a bit of a pickle, you're feeling lost, give us a call. Mm -hmm. We'll help, we'll signpost, we'll get the right kind of support um, in, in place for you. However that might look, there's, as you've you know already heard, there's so many different routes, avenues, solutions, whatever you know, it is that you need available. And if you just need somewhere to start a starting point, just give us a call and, you know, our legal team will will, will start to navigate that with you. Um, it's more than likely we'll draw upon the support of money for that as well. Um, and if you're listening, you're looking to put stuff in place for your organization, mm -hmm. whether that is a workforce, uh, students, uh, apprentices, whatever that looks like, and you want to start looking at how to educate them on a wider scale, again, get in touch because yeah. there's definitely work that Health Assured and money can do collaboratively to help whilst incorporating um, the emotional well-being side of things and what support we've got um, available. Um, I just want to say a huge thank you to you, Andy, no. for, for, for money as a whole. The work that you do is really inspiring i feel emotional i don't know if that's because i've been a bit poorly so i feel like sorry for myself but you know it, it really is and and even just i know what money do but the more that we talk about it i'm going god there's just so so much yeah. that we need to do that we that we yeah. can help each other with 
because of all of these people that have access to both our services yeah. and yeah absolutely and for, and for me there's sort of three i watched a few of the webinars back and the, <laughs> of the, uh, podcast back. the three sort of key takeaways would be that the first step is just to learn you know to learn yeah. as much as you can so to attend the webinars attend the you workshops. know the scripts i like this yeah you need, you need you know you have you have to learn as much as you can and yep. then you have to talk about it so you've got to learn yep. then you've got to talk yep. and, and make it a non-taboo subject you know yes talk to colleagues talk to your peers talk to family talk to friends and then the third step is take action. You know? yeah. I think it's really important not to put your head in the sand. It's important not to kind of, if you learn and talk, but then don't take action, you're leaving things just to fester. And when things yeah. fester, they go bad. So it's really important that you learn, you talk, you take action. Fantastic. It's a beautiful ending. I love that. Thanks so much, Andy. No Thank you. Thank you for having me.